Welcome to Shortcuts to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for October 24th, 2021, the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost in year B, proper 25, and we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I am doing well. Very good. This episode is brought to you by lunch. <laughs> lunch, sometimes, it is what's for dinner. So... I'm gonna take a bite of my lunch because uh, we're 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 meeting in person over yeah. lunch. Yeah, which is great. Opposite ends of a long table, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's still nice to to be in the same room. Yeah, and it's less work to actually produce the podcast since we don't have to combine streams from two different computers. Right, and uh, uploading not a problem, <clears throat> nice and easy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, We're uh, living the high life. We really, truly are with a with a, with a couple of Mexican cokes, and we are good sugar, no corn syrup. Exactly, so good. Mm. So, um, speaking of, um, that so made good. everyone hungry. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Seriously, uh, DoorDash, reach out to us. Uh, we'd love for you to sponsor. Um, now, speaking of so good. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on at, at, at the church. Uh, so many good things coming up here uh, real soon. We've got trunk or tr- trunk or treat, trunk or trunk treat, or treat. not Cart. trunk for treats. <laughs> well, though that would work. That would work too, especially if you're an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Is that thing of kids trunk or treating from car to car in the parking lot? That'll, right. That'll be Friday, October 29th. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We have um, the Gospel at Hogwarts coming up in November. Yeah. Uh, there, shoot, there's something I'm forgetting that I was going to say. Uh, oh, well. Go to holyfamilyfishers.org. There it is. And you'll get accurate information. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a ton of things. A, 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 a literal ton of things oh, are going I know. On. October 31st, we'll be celebrating All Saints Day, mm. and that will include a baptism of a cute little baby. Um, I mean, I don't, is, isn't is cute, like, unnecessary? Like, a, a little... Probably, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Ugly babies need not apply. Uh, no. They need baptism all the more. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, I wish I had. Oh no! (laughs) All right, so that's that's what our priest thinks. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, If uh, I ever saw one, which I I don't. I was gonna say I don't think I've seen an ugly baby. Uh, Probably not. They're they're, uh, babies and puppies. Absolutely adorable um, and heart melting. Um, So looking forward to. Uh, when did you say the baptism was going to be? All Saints? October 31st is the Sunday we'll be celebrating the whole scene. Okay. Okay. Very good. Awesome. That is that is really good. Um, uh, as per usual, uh, the uh, uh, services will be in person 8 and 10 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 9 o'clock education hour for adults and kids. Um, and uh, the 10 o'clock service will be available online at our uh, YouTube channel hfec videos um links and all that stuff is also on that website yeah. uh, uh holyfamilyfishers.org channel the service will be live as well as available on demand later 
Very good. Yeah. So join us as you are able. Um, we'll, uh, we have our person of the day. I have a person for you, Bruce. Uh, circa 150. Okay. That narrows it down. Nice. To 215. <clears throat> Clement of Alexandria. Oh, good old Clement. I, I mean this seriously. Good old Clement. Um, early bishop. His, I believe. It, see, unfortunately, I can see Ben, so he makes these eyebrow motions of like, maybe I'm off. Um, but he faked me out. Not going to play poker. We <laughs> not seeing the word bishop in here. Okay, so I'm wrong about bishop, but he was a letter writer, and the letter of Clement um, tells us a lot about what Christianity was like around the. Well, during his later lifetime. <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, this has him down as an early church theologian. Is yeah, the title that they they that's a good one. They I, dub him with. I will affirm that. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Um, Titus Flavius Clemens was born in Athens in nineteen in, in nineteen. <laughs> I started doing nineteen hundreds uh, in one ninety. He succeeded his teacher Pan. Uh, Pananus, Pantenus, Pantenus, all sorts of mispronounced people's <laughs> names on my behalf. I'm very excited about this. Uh, as the head of the, uh, uh, the the school there in Alexandria, in 2002 he fled to 2002. Gee whiz! <laughs> Lunch is very not kicked in. No, oh my gosh, yeah, uh, nap time. <laughs> Again, this episode brought to you by lunch. Um, <laughs> In 202, he fled to Jerusalem because of the persecution of Emperor Severus. Uh, he was welcomed to Jerusalem by Bishop Alexander, mm -hmm. a former student of his. Clement remained in Jerusalem until his death. The primary contribution of his writings was to combine Greek philosophy with the Christian faith, harmonizing faith and reason. Uh, Clement was one of the earliest Christian scholars and a leading opponent of Gnosticism. Right. The hymnal, uh, the, the 1982 hymnal, I found this very interesting, includes two of his hymn texts. So going, so the texts of two of our hymns in our hymnal date all the way back to this period of time. Uh, Sunset to Sunrise Changes Now, which is now hymn uh, 163, and Jesus Our Mighty Lord, hymn 478. Uh, his feast day is celebrated on December 4th in some early martyro martyrologies. Is that, Isn't I didn't that realize word? that was a word. <clears throat> uh, Pope Sixtus V, that's kind of a funny name. I'll come back to that later. Uh, removed it in 1586 because he questioned the orthodoxy of some of Clement's writings. Uh, but Clement is now commemorated in the Episcopal calendar of the church year of, on December 5th. So Pope Sixtus the fifth. And who do we remember more? I mean, I'm going to have a hard time shaking the name Pope Sixtus the fifth um, anytime How soon. Halloween costume, maybe? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> a shirt with five sixes yeah. on it. <laughs> I'm Pope Sixtus. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have... Oftentimes, if I get, delve back into a, a person dating from anywhere near this era, it's uh, uh, 
too close to like gospel writings and and someone that you would clearly know. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have a lot more people from like the 1600s and on in, yeah. uh, in this dictionary, uh, since it is the Episcopal Church uh, well, dictionary. And they're, just, and they're also better written records. And, and that's and that's a really good point. So I decided on Clement today, Clement of Alexandria. And if I recall correctly, he's helped us, his writings have helped us date some of the letters in the New Testament because he referenced them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we know, oh, okay, th this this particular letter definitely existed by the um, time that Clement was writing and needing reference points. So we know it's at least X number of years old. Got it. Um so the word martyrologies, um, is there anything more to a martyrology other than like, this is the feast day for this martyr? Is, there's a, does it there's, do more? It's sort of like what you do with a person of the day where it's, it has a biography of the person mm -hmm. um, and their feast day is always the day they were martyred. Okay. So it will have that date. Uh, and... Sometimes, depending on the author's preferences, will include what they've become the patron saint of. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting. This uh, definition for Clement of Alexandria does not delve into a his martyrdom, or uh, b um, yeah what it, he would become the patron saint of yeah. um, if he did uh, was bestowed. Bestowed such a title. Yeah, and off the top of my head, I'm really weak on patron saint stuff because that's not huge in the Episcopal tradition. Right. So I have to admit, I have no idea if he is one, but it's safe to say he is. No idea what of. The patron saint of uh, the uh, 22nd Sunday after Pentecost <laughs> year B. <clears throat> Stamp it. Uh, uh, we're putting it on. Lean into it. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's move on from our person of the day to our first reading of the day. <clears throat> and that uh, comes here from the book of Jeremiah 31, verse 7 through 9. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, together, a great company, they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back, I will lead them, I will let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble, for I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Um, so remind me, Jeremiah is written around the same time as part of Isaiah, right? Right. The, the, um, but I'm struggling to remember if it was the third Isaiah, like the end of Isaiah that they're, where they're returning home. Jeremiah was basically written around the same time as second Isaiah and third Isaiah. Okay. And yeah, this is third Isaiah ish. Gotcha. So returning Right, which um, makes sense with verse eight. I'm enslaved. I'm going to bring them from the land of the north. Yeah, um, and, and and gather them. Um, it's a little so. Uh, 
I'm a little confused as to... Okay, wait a minute. So we start off with a quote from God. Mm-hmm. Um, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim good praise and say this. So all of this is God? God is telling people, praise me. Okay. Because it seems weird the end of this verse is like this throw on tagline of, of like, Oh, and Ephraim is my firstborn. <laughs> it's, it's, the, I mean, it's the, I'm sorry. The reason I'm laughing so hard. Oh, by the way, it's, Bob, it's not you. It's actually Ephraim. It's the opposite of that. It's, it, it means everyone is my firstborn. And that's not what it says, Bruce. It says <laughs> Ephraim, which it's is a capitalized a... name of an individual. <laughs> I'm not Ephraim. Are you Ephraim? All of all Ephraim's another name for Israel. Get out of town, is it really? <laughs> it is. And it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. All right. So as in as often happens in Hebrew poetry, it, the po the poetry is the redundancy. Mm -hmm. So I've become father to Israel is the same exact thing as Ephraim is my firstborn. Well, in a way, it's not though, right? I mean, well, it, there's okay. Go on. I was gonna say, in a way, it's not. And not only the first part is like Ephraim is Israel slash Ephraim. It, it uh what, what would what would that mashup name be? <laughs> Ephrael. Ephrael is Ephrael. Ephrael. Like yeah. Uh Ephrael is not only uh my child, but it is my firstborn, the one who inherits from me. The in that time in Israel, the firstborn got a double share, but the rest of the offspring still got stuff. Oh, okay. So it's not like the English system where only the firstborn male got everything. Gotcha. Um, so having God as one's father is always good in terms of being inheritors of the kingdom. Okay. But being Israel or um, Ephraim within these verses, it's even better because you get a double portion. Gotcha. So that that's an interesting. I, I don't think I knew that. So so if there are four kids and you were the you were the firstborn, you would get fifty percent, and your other two siblings would get twenty five. Well, if, if there are three kids, four. No, three. <laughs> yes. So wait, but that's. I'm trying to save yes, you here. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I do math. <laughs> I do math well, actually, but not not after not after lunch. Brought to you, bringing to you today's episode, lunch, everybody. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, and and are, are we supposed to have this kind of a feeling? Uh, this almost uh, um, uh, the the Lord's prayer kind of a, kind of a feel to. Um, hmm, I didn't thought of that. Yeah, I will let them walk by brooks of water and a straight path. Like a, um, it kind of brings back like that kind of a feel. Yeah, it's supposed to. And I say more, <clears throat> our Father who art in heaven, it, mm -hmm. you know, you have that sense of firstborn 
or just child of God, mm-hmm. um, even. Yeah, we're supposed to. This harkens back to the imagery that that comes throughout the Hebrew scriptures, and Jesus references it, of course, of God as Father, as in God as the most benevolent, loving, generous parent we can imagine times a bazillion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not supposed to be limited to what we can imagine as a parent, but go well beyond that, particularly um, so that we don't have to be limited by what our experiences of parenting, mm. first person or beyond, have been. Mm. Um, I mean, this is a pretty short and sweet passage. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, is there anything more to this other than uh, the author of Jeremiah saying, like, God's going to restore Israel and your you as Ephrael uh, 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 are favored, <laughs> the favored child? Is there? That's a lot. <laughs> it just doesn't take long to say it. I mean, very poetic. It's very poetically it's poetic. written. But I wasn't sure if there was any other like, oh, yeah, there's this, uh, you know, this reference is actually talking about. Well, there's also the way that um, this has been applied to the gospel reading that we'll be having in a few minutes mm. where uh, Jesus heals a blind person mm-hmm. um, since this mentions the blind and the lame. Um, that. And, well, maybe this isn't so obvious to us. Verse 30, chapter 31, verse 8. See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the furthest parts of the earth. Among them, the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor. Those are people that typically would be left behind. I was going to ask, uh, because it is, it, it's an interesting pairing that, that we're singling these groups of people out mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in reference. Like... Uh, one would expect, like, oh, the young and the old, and the you know, the 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 rich and the poor, the you know. Yeah, but instead, it's the young, the poor, the old. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like it's only having half of those pairings, mm-hmm. and and that would have been very noticeable to the first hearers of this, and later readers through the centuries, hopefully, that. The as we now say, sometimes God's preference for the less is right here in Jeremiah, verse eight. We don't have to wait for Jesus to mm. hear it for the first time, and this isn't the first time it appears in the Hebrew Scriptures. But God's preference and care for folks that humans would literally leave on the trail, yeah, and traveled a far way. I mean, would they even? start them on the journey like the way you phrased that yeah. was almost like uh maybe this is even like jeremiah cautionarily saying take everybody it could be <laughs> yeah yes you're right <laughs> when it, when you because i mean it, i i guess it, to, to our to our mind our mod, more modern mind the idea of like oh yeah this group of people are going to go home and that group of people going like well only the fit of us you know, yeah. the, the, only those that are only those that, that can make that the journey easily on can more easily travel. If you're yeah. a burden by way of like uh, you have children with you or you're about to bear a child, we're just not going to bother. Yeah. You know, we'll let the hyenas eat you. That's 
crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it was very practical. And some people, some peoples had no choice because they were so poor and powerless that they had to make very difficult decisions when trying mm. to evade armies or bandits or any or just have enough water and food for a long journey. Yeah. So that's why this is such a, a miraculous image that everyone gets to make this journey. No one is excluded. No right. one's left behind. No one's left for the hyenas to eat. And that makes sense why uh, verse 9 uses the language that it does. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, with consol consolations, I will lead them back. I'll let them walk by brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. So indicating like, no, no, no take these people. God's going to make the, the road easy. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't leave them behind. There'll be plenty of wa fresh water to drink mm -hmm. whenever you need it. You don't have a lot of, you won't have any climbing to do. You won't have twisty roads to do. Everyone can do it. And if anyone's familiar with the topography of the Middle East, most of the places you go don't have much water, have very twisty up and down hills, yeah. sometimes thousands of feet of climbing mm -hmm. in order to get from here to there. So yeah, it is not it's not like the sands and deserts of of uh, like a continental Africa, uh, parts of continental yeah. Africa. It's like mountain ranges, yeah. and let alone the flatlands that are visible in north america yeah in places yeah yeah so this this is just again amazing news for people to hear and of course it's a metaphor right it's, it's not a historic description of how people left babylonia and made their way back to israel and so it's relevant and applicable to all of our spiritual journeys today hmm. anything more about jeremiah Gotta love it. Got. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna encourage you to write the 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 inside of the book cover for the book of Jeremiah. Next. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> and some With people thumbs don't, up so emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Happy face. <clears throat> no winky eye. No winky eye. <laughs> it's truly happy face. Uh, well, then let's move on to our second reading. Uh, Hebrews chapter seven, verse twenty-three through twenty-eight. Furthermore, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he has no need to offer sacrifice day after day, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. This he did once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests those who are subject to weakness, but the word of the, of the oath, uh, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. So... The beginning part of this uh, passage from the letter of Hebrews, uh, or the letter of Hebrews, I guess is the correct way to say that. Um, <clears throat> Actually, probably the most accurate thing is, simply, is to simply say Hebrews, since we have no idea why it's even called that. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Just Hebrews. Um, is that uh, uh, this 
earthly and grim reminder from the author of like, hey, by the way, remember how many priests we used to have? Yeah, not as much anymore because they die. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know who doesn't die? <laughs> <Right>. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, got it in one. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it's it's... It's interesting, though, like verse 26 here, um, I'm assuming they, they are talking about Jesus, right? The, yeah. the, the author is talking about it. Uh, it's fitting we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled, sure, sure, sure. Separated from sinners, though, and maybe the language uh, from the translation um, <clears throat> would reveal a little bit better. One wouldn't count him like sinning with sinners. <laughs> right. But certainly not separated. Uh, a lot of Jesus' ministry was spent with sinners. Exactly. So um, is the translation a little off? It's a tough, it's one of these things where the ideal of Bible translation is word for word. Mm -hmm. The Greek word is more complex than a single English word can reveal what are you calling us stupid and simple <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um oh, okay <laughs> it it um because the literal translation is to place room between it's mm. not separated as in get out of here mm -hmm. it's instead <clears throat> Everyone will understand this one. Social distancing for everyone's safety. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, this list exists because the different words tackle a different concept that the author wants to address. Um, holy is a different word from blameless. Similar in tract, uh, yeah. you know, but but definitely covering a, a, a you can you can still be holy, but have some blame you know and uh or one yeah think. yeah um and blameless is different from undefiled right and uh undefiled is definitely different from being exalted mm -hmm. um so i'm just trying to wrap my head around what the what the intention of the phrase in the list separated from sinners is trying to accomplish for the audience the concept from the Hebrew scriptures and many other religions that if you associate with a bad person, that rubs off on you. Okay. <clears throat> so within Judaism, in the time of the temple sacrifices, if you came in contact with quite a long list of people who didn't, weren't necessarily committing sins, but were ritually unclean, you yourself could not enter the temple. Mm, okay. And this is the reason why um, lepers and yeah. blind uh, uh, individuals mm -hmm. and deaf individuals were fully separated from society? Not necessarily from society, but from the worshiping community. Okay. They okay. couldn't go into the synagogue. They couldn't go into the temple for them. Couldn't go into the temple, and most synagogues would not allow them in. 
because um, there was um, what I've heard described by anthropology professors in my college days, a sense of evil being able to rub off on you. Hmm. And the reason someone had a physical ailment or deformity was because of evil. Interesting. That it, it wasn't a, oh, you got a bad chromosome or you fell down a set of stairs. It was you have come in contact with evil mm-hmm. and that could definitely negatively affect me if I get too close to you. Because there's just, that's how they dealt with the mysteries of life. Sure. And sadly, humans today do that. Yeah, there's still long. some, yeah. Some of that. Yeah. One assumes that's why people don't spend any time with me. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm, I'm noticing how far away on this table you are right now for me. <laughs> that's just in case you burp from the Coke. I mean, no, it's there. Actually, it is. COVID, COVID um, precautions. And it, it, that really is not a bad analogy in terms of, for many of us, it's now become natural and wise mm-hmm. to social distance, to wear masks, that sort of thing. And there's a true scientific reason for that. In the time of Jesus and before and after, because so much of life was so bizarrely misunderstood, mm-hmm. those same things that to us we would say are common sense would be considered common sense by them, by those folks. So we have passages like this, that Jesus was not made evil by hanging out with sinners. Okay, okay. That was a long way around the block, but I got there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So so, so this is basically taken in context with the understanding that the, the readers would know... Um, can I use the word exploits of Jesus? That sounds sure. That sounds bad. I don't know why. <laughs> Jesus doesn't have exploits. Um, but, uh, but maybe the kids would like Jesus more <laughs> if we said it that maybe, way. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, but they would they would have an understanding of like oh, but the s- stories are like you know he spent out he spent time right. with you know these individuals and so the author is pointing to like yeah and didn't didn't change who he was he stayed as pure as he was before right but it also doesn't combat uh that stereotype at all he wasn't willing yeah this is more leading into like oh he's no he's this guy's different right right yeah the author of hebrews was not willing to counter that cosmology of evil Mm -hmm. but yeah instead was trying to emphasize jesus's sinlessness right um um any any idea any understanding i probably not because i I think as we've said on the podcast before we're not entirely sure who wrote this otherwise we'd be like you know oh it's a letter from this individual to that community this community yeah um but any idea why um, we're taking the time to create the stark contrast between Christ as a high priest and human uh, other human high priests. Yes. Okay. What what is that? Two two dynamics. One is many religions around the Mediterranean had priests and mm-hmm. high priests, you know, Roman, Greek, as well as Jewish. 
So that was a point of reference that made sense to people. Okay. Who were never heard of Judaism or Christianity. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I you know, run into my priest down at Juno's temple every week. Right, right. Um, Not so, just the priest, but the high priest. But the high priest. The priest above the priest. <laughs> right. <laughs> the priest to the priests to the people. <laughs> and the other dynamic is people who were of the Jewish or Christian tradition would have been aware that the Greeks had destroyed the temple in Jerusalem by this point, by the time this letter was written. Okay. So there were no more priests. There were oh, no that's more. why uh, the author starts off with like, yeah, what happened to them? They're dead. The Romans killed them all. They all dead. <laughs> yeah. How'd that work out for them? Right. <laughs> Very humanly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why verse 23 starts that way, is they were wiped out by the Romans. Interesting. So part of what this pa this part of Hebrews is talking about is, yes, that's gone. There are no more sacrifices being offered in the temple. Part of the um, decision that um, the leaders of Juda Judaism decided, had actually kind of decided decades before, if there is no temple, there are no sacrifices. So that priestly role is gone. Mm -hmm. And that's why within Judaism, there are no priests today, because the, the role of the priest was sacrifice, was prayer and offerings. Interesting. Uh, okay. So, so the author of Hebrews is claiming for Jesus, for eternity, the roles that the now wiped out Jewish priests used to have. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. So so not only is this is this uh, probably doing a little bit of the job of like oh, I heard that you know I I know that this, the temple got destroyed so all of the like. One would also maybe even think, you know, if you had the temple of your God destroyed, the religion's dead. Then, right, right. right. Um, this counters that. So this is like, hey, don't despair. Not only do we, we still have a high priest. Yeah. We don't, we don't, but we don't need the 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 temple and and all that anymore. And we don't need the sacrifices anymore because this sacrifice was given in place of that. Is it, or did well, sacrifice not still continue in place of, but in continuity with? Okay, okay. So this was it, so did did sacrifice still continue once the temple was destroyed? not within Judaism, not but, within Judaism, but within other religions for sure. Gotcha. Okay. And one of the things to remember is the best translation for sacrifice actually is offering. Gotcha. Okay. Because within. In, within the English language, unfortunately, sacrifice now is the connotation of giving up something. Mm -hmm. But it, in Greek and Hebrew, it does not have that. It's instead just offering. Right. So you could, you could offer Thanksgiving. You could offer prayers. You could offer all sorts of stuff. Right. But it's not that you're giving up something. Hmm. So uh, so Judaism, Judaism then shifted um, that. Uh, th that mindset about high priests and uh... it, it shifted very consciously, yeah. Huh. And, and as I said, we 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 don't get to do this anymore, and it's it's a fascinating period to read about uh, because they shifted from a focus on temple worship to a focus on synagogue worship. 
Hmm. And so that's why they were the first to standardize what was in the Bible. Because they each synagogue needed to know what to read. Interesting. What to read and worship. Hmm. And we, as Episcopalians, use the same exact system of a calendar of readings. Yep. Um, all that was created because the temple was destroyed and they could no longer focus on the um, animal and bird offerings and instead had to focus on the scripture. Is there any... Um... Is there any remaining prophecy that the temple will be rebuilt earthly? Yes and no. Okay. Um, some there is within Judaism and Christianity. Um, people who believe the temple will be rebuilt and sacrifices will once again be offered. But both within Christianity and Judaism, it's a very minority opinion. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, anything more uh, for this passage in Hebrews? I think I hit everything I wanted to. Yeah, that's it. Good, good, good. Well, let's move on to our gospel reading today. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. They came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cry, cried out even more loudly, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus still stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man and saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus then Jesus said to him, What do you want to do? What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Um so uh um understanding why it's paired with the Jeremiah reading, talking about the right. the, the the blind. Uh, the blind beggar. Uh, do we know anything else about Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus? We take an extra beat to uh, acknowledge specifically who this individual was. Was it just for reference of like, real dude, totally not made up story? Yes. And there's a presumption by scholars and readers that it was someone who was known by the first hearers and readers of Mark. Mm -hmm. That would be like, you know, remember the guy who used to sit in the second back pew and would always help with the Christmas decorations? It's that Bartimaeus. Mm. And as you remember, he could see very, very well. Yeah. And people, oh. Hmm. Um, the, uh, uh, the imagery here on verse 50, um, it's interesting to me only because... Mark doesn't it isn't doesn't strike me as the type of author who goes into unnecessary detail. Right. But throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Doesn't even seem like like all right, Mark, you feeling okay? Like <laughs> yeah, right. Is this you? Did you <laughs> did you step away and someone came in and took your pen for a second? Well, yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent way to describe it. And so that's one Feeling of the... a sudden rush of adrenaline. <laughs> Bartimaeus, son of Tibius, sprang up 
feeling the sun on his casting, back. <laughs> casting this cloak aside, strode with open arms. And, oh, oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. <laughs> Here's your quill. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why we need to pay special attention to this story because Mark is clearly highlighting. He's this this story occurs in all four gospels. Mm-hmm. This is the only one that has Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Mm-hmm. The others is just a blind guy. Mm-hmm. And has some of these other details. Huh. So clearly mm-hmm. Mark the, clearly this was a story very very important to Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why people uh, think that probably Bartimaeus was a part of the Christian community that helped produce the Gospel of Mark because he literally perhaps could have said, oh yeah, I tossed my cloak off and mm-hmm. cried out. You know, he, he could literally tell his side of the story in a way that just doesn't occur in other Gospel mm-hmm. stories. Uh, is the author anyway from... from perhaps from Jericho is this like the 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 hometown story and is maybe why we're getting a little bit more flourish not, not that I know of okay but Bartimaeus followed Jesus mm-hmm. he didn't stay in Jericho oh that's right as they were leaving yeah well, okay so they were leaving and he was sitting by the roadside okay well and verse 52 immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way interesting so he would have been part of the community that followed Jesus, presumably, right through the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And therefore was part of the early church. Gotcha. Now, one of the aspects of this uh, reading that is lost uh, by chopping it up uh, is uh, verse uh, 51 is a direct callback to last week's writing, uh, uh, reading. Right. Um, last week, if if uh, uh, you will recall, uh, James it was it James and John yeah, went brothers. to Jesus uh, and and wanted something, and he asked them, "What do you want me to do for you?" And they wanted him to install uh, the two brothers as the right hand and the left hand on on the side of. The throne that they, yeah, of the second, physical kingdom that they, they thought he was going to Yeah, uh, and so we get this question repeated. Yep. To someone not in the same kind of favor that James and John find themselves in in the story, uh, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, and his request, uh, as you'll kind of recall from from last week, he last week he says like, "Hey." You know, you're going to do lots of things. You're going to, you know, you're going to do some of the stuff that we talked about, but you're, I can't, that's something I can't do. Right. This clearly gets a different response and says he, he wants to see again. He doesn't want to be on the, you know, yeah. on the throne. Doesn't uh, want a kingdom. Doesn't want to be part of the, the dais. Yeah. He just wants to see. And he goes, sure. That's, that's the kind of thing that I was, it makes you wonder if Jesus is like, I was just telling these two. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what they wanted? I won't. I won't go into it. I won't go into it. But the, you know, that's the kind of thing that I can do. That's the kind of thing that I'm here to do. Because the last week's passage was was talking about you know having a servant's heart. Yeah. And 
you can almost when read together you can almost see jesus going like thank you yes this yes this is what i was talking about Mm -hmm. this is the thing this is exactly why i'm here and thank you bartimaeus you talked about what was just before this in the gospel mark and just after this is the palm sunday story Oh, okay, so we will we will depart from yeah. this this this, uh, uh, this storyline, uh, and we'll have to jump out of of of, uh, of the the line the linear reading of yeah. it. Yeah, but it it Jesus transforms what a royal procession is by the way he does his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, so the, so, the transformation of the meaning of power continues. Yeah. Okay. So this is like one contiguous storyline yeah. of like, not this, but that. And, not this, but that. Not, and, yeah, and they'll go back and forth over and over. Right. And then we get to the Palm Sunday story and like, and like, like this, this, but it's still not what people expected. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it still has a lot of not this within it. Okay, yeah, yeah, because, because he he's riding a donkey, not right. a big white charger or a chariot. Right. With a, with yeah, a, a, a horse with armor on it. Well, I guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had horses. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Off and often the commanding general or king would ride. Right. Banners back. unfurled and yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Trumpeters and whatnot. Um so so yeah, still undoing and reshaping, reforming the the concept of the kingdom that he was building. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's, they, they called, who was it that, so just the crowd called to Bartimaeus, take heart. Yeah. Get up. So he is calling you. That's a, that's a cool line though. Yeah. Take heart, get up. He is calling. Hmm. Um, What else about this this passage? Well, part of it is, as we're at this key turning point in Mark's narrative, is that this is this functions as for any reader a moment to pause and decide: Are we willing to answer Jesus's call to us? Mm. That as before we enter into Holy Week with Jesus, are we willing to say? to Jesus have mercy on me are we willing to see because mm. throughout the gospels seeing is usually a pun of seeing who Jesus is seeing mm-hmm. how God loves the world seeing how we're supposed to respond to that rather than just are my visual senses now functioning again right right um, and a lot of people would rather not see because then that's that confronts what our preconceptions are and the priorities we make in our lives. Hmm. So it's interesting that you say that because immediately my mind went to the story of where was it were they blind individuals? There was like there's there's a there's a story about Jesus uh, healing a group of people and some returned but not yeah. all. It, were they Blind? Le- those were lepers. They were lepers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's told not... them, go show yourself to the priest gotcha. so they could get their uh, <laughs> vaccination certification. Right, right, right. That they can go back to worship. Because in but my it... mind, the question had had become like, oh, if they were, 
I couldn't remember. If they yeah. were blind, then that would further that idea of like, oh, they all saw, but only these the this handful came back yeah. to truly see and to give thanks for that's, that yes, that applies to that story. Okay. Interesting. Because within so so yeah, instead they were they were cured they were cured, but only the handful came back and saw. Actually, only one. Only one. That's right. Yeah. Was it was it only one? How many were the? How many were? were I want to say there were ten. That's what I was thinking. Came back. I thought there were three. And the one who came back was a Samaritan, if I recall correctly. I get all, I get some of these confused, and especially as is some of the gospel writers have slightly differences, right. slight differences Overlaps in their story. Um, but okay, so yeah, so so they were all healed, but only one came back to to truly see. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very much the same kind of teaching as is here. Um, uh, it's also kind of interesting here between verse 48 and 49 that some are sternly ordering him to be quiet. And then like the next sentence, they're like, Hey, get up. Come on. He's calling to you. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. Oh wait, he said your name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Bartimaeus. Jerk. <laughs> well, and again, it's like what the passage we had last week with, James and John and the disciples saying, you jerks, you asked before I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. kind of get the same sense here of the crowd saying, oh, why didn't we call out for Jesus? To right, get right, right, right. Oh, my lymph fixed or right, my, right. whatever the, my problem He got was. attention and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And so it's again this trying to drive home the point of calling to Jesus, calling to God when we are in need. And accepting whatever it is that results hmm. with thanksgiving rather than having a preconceived notion of, I want to be second in command. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you pointed out, verse 52, it is interesting that Bartimaeus' response wasn't like, okay, thank you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go catch up on my Netflix queue. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. Thank you, Jesus. Bye. <laughs> Safe travels. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, he follows. Yeah, he he, and when it, I, I since you since you kind of pointed out we don't know too much more about him. I'm assuming there's never another reference to him again. We don't know if like he how far he as, he as far as I know him. you are correct. There we yeah we don't know what how his life turned out. Yeah, but it, the inference is he became well known within the early Christian community hmm. Hmm. Um, of Mark. Because right. his name is preserved there. It's, yeah, he's and worth doing, noting. So. Matthew, Luke, and John, it's not. Hmm. The story's told, but not with his name. Hmm. Which makes people think, well, you know, Matthew and Luke and John are like, well, I'm not going to know this guy anyway. I'm not going to bother with it. Hmm. Interesting. You know, ink is precious. I'm not going to waste it on that. Ink is... And really was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else? Um... The, the the way at the end of verse 52 is the term within the earliest parts of the New Testament to describe being a Christian. Hmm. So it's not just he took the same road that Jesus did. It's that he actually changed his life and became a, a a faithful Christian. 
Hmm. So people would have heard the pun in that. Of Yeah, well, of course he had to follow Jesus on the way in order to keep hearing the teachings and seeing the miracles. No, it was more than that. Mm -hmm. He really turned his life over to Jesus and deeply, deeply transformed his own life. Very good. And like you say, no one would have blamed him. If he had simply stayed there and went around looking at stuff again. Because, yeah. Because he said, um, the context is in verse 51, my teacher, let me see again. Mm -hmm. So he knew what he was missing and no one would have blamed him if he was looking forward to seeing his child's face again or something. Right. But instead, st hmm. stuck with Jesus. Hmm. Well, very good. Uh, may we all uh, um, see again and uh, no. stick with Jesus. Uh, if you'd like to stick with Jesus. <laughs> that's a terrible what a segue. What a terrible segue. <laughs> uh, uh, again, I want to invite you to join us uh, in person uh, worship service 8 and 10 on Sunday. 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live and then available out thereafter on our YouTube channel. Uh, really want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, uh, I know there's there's a, a, a lot of a lot of podcast content uh, that you, you can choose, and we thank you for for choosing ours. <laughs> Sorry to uh, step on your joke. <laughs> <laughs> you were just so excited it no, was going to happen. I know this one. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but yeah, want uh, uh, want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, look forward to uh, the next week. We are we have three more propers. And then it's time. Then it's uh, three more propers. Then it's the, rain, the proper twenty nine, which is the reign of Christ. Uh, uh, and then and then it, then it's a new year. It's yeah. Advent and a whole new year. Cool. Um, wow. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. But that doesn't matter, <laughs> right? It's coming all the same. So uh, again, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this, your podcast for October 24th, 2021, this 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you next week. And until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.